Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's From the Pavilion podcast. Thanks for downloading, whether that be on the Cambridge 105 Radio website, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Ollie Slap bringing it to you with Nathan Johns. Nathan's back. Nathan, how are you doing? Absolutely delighted to be back, Ollie. How are you? Yeah, great to hear your voice again. And I'm sure the listeners are absolutely thrilled to hear your voice on the radio again as well. <laughs> Wouldn't go that far, but we'll, we'll, I'll take what I can get. Um, what I was going to say, did you hear last week's show? I don't know what I'm asking because I'm sure you listen anyway, he says. Of course, of course I um, The lad for Barrington, Niall Keating, who got 10 for 12 against Islam in Senior Division 3. I mean, I was saying with Ben Harris last week from Southam Walden who stood in for you. He's literally completed cricket, hasn't he? Like, that's, there's nothing else for him to do in the game now. He's as good, that's as good as it gets. He can't ever better yeah. that. Unless he scores all of his team's runs in one game. <laughs> that's true, yeah. 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 But yeah, that, uh, that was absolutely incredible. But I mean, if you're taking 10 wickets, like, how, how are they scoring 12 runs? They must, there must have been like mm. a couple of nicks to the slips or something like that because, you know, if you're cleaning up like that, there's no way people are, are you know, rotating the strike and all that, are they? No, but there was, I think, a couple of other bowlers who bowled as well. But right. I, I just I said last week on the show, like imagine if you were a batsman walking in, the first thing you do is sort of generally ask what the bowler's doing. And by about the eighth, seventh or eighth wicket, the bloke <laughs> said, Look, I don't know what he's doing, he's just getting loads of wickets, mate. <laughs> Clearly none of them had a clue, no, didn't they? Exactly. Have you ever have you ever experienced anything like that? I mean, I mean obviously probably not a ten for, but what's the best figures you've witnessed? I think I saw an eight for once. Did you? That was pretty good. That was pretty, yeah. That was that was everyone went pretty mental at that. So I can only imagine what the celebrations were like when he got ten. But were you on his team or were you one of the eight for? No, I was. I was on his team. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I've never. I've never had that against me. Thank okay. God. I can't imagine that'd be much fun to be honest. No, that'd be a very long day. Yeah. Well, or probably not very long day. No. <laughs> well, in, well, that's also a good point. Yeah, a very quick day, but probably felt like a very long day. Anyway, it's great to have you back on uh, on this week's show. It blows my mind that you're in a bubble with like Owen Morgan. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll chat more about that next week, I think, and review your last six weeks. Yeah, something like that. Five or six. I can't remember. Mm. I can't remember when I started. But eight eight games. Eight games of cricket. That's how I work it out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like when the football season comes around, it's like it's like you don't talk about years in a as in twenty twenty one. It's the 2020-2021 season. Uh, exactly. Anyway, Nathan, thanks for your time this evening. Cheers, Ollie. Here is this week's podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. If you wouldn't mind, it'd be great to share it on social media. We're at FTP Cricket 105, both on Twitter and Facebook. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello, good evening, and welcome along to the local cricket show where we run up all of the action from around the county. This is from the Pavilion. My name is Ollie Slack. Alongside me is Nathan Johns, and this is your home of cricket here in Cambridgeshire. On today's show, we'll be looking ahead to the rearranged T20 Walker Cup finals, needing with take on Histon Twos. We'll also recap Sunday's lower junior cup final and the rest of the local action in the East Anglian Premier League and the Camden Hunts Premier League Two. Tom Milner discusses how Upward are hoping to be the next club in Cambridgeshire to set up a ladies team. And we'll bring you the penultimate quarter-final tie of the FTP Quiz Cup live. If you want to contribute to the show, as ever you can do, 07919 070 490. That's the number to text. 
0719 070490. We're live in the studio this week. You can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk or we're on social media too at FTP Cricket 105 on both Twitter and Facebook. thanks very much for tuning in and thanks also if you're listening on the podcast too now ben harris was in the hot seat next to me last week covering for mr nathan johns but i'm delighted to say nathan's back this week evening nathan evening ollie how are you yeah very well how are you yeah fantastic delighted to be back i missed you thank you i miss you too good couple of weeks off (laughs) yeah well i mean time off from from this, but yeah. uh, working working away still uh, at the hundred, so uh, not so much time off. But yeah, it's been good. How's it been swanning around, Mister Owen Morgan and like Mark Wood as well? Although he's been at the Test match, but some some famous faces. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's quite interesting watching these guys go about their business, as as any cricket fan I'm sure would would uh, would would say. But yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been really exciting. I've learned a lot, um, and yeah, hopefully made it. You know. You know, get on with well with one or two of the boys as well. So it's uh, it's definitely been a heck of a month for sure. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Any similarities between how they go about your business and how you go about yours? Um, yeah, well, they're just a lot better at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that tends to be the thing. Cricket's a pretty one thing. The one thing I've learned is that it's a pretty simple game. There's no there's no complicated way that these guys go about their training or how they do things. They just you know they're just a lot better at it and and they do the basics incredibly well. And that's what separates them from from everyone else. You do the basics really well, Nathan. Very well. Well, not as well as these guys, obviously. <laughs> otherwise, I, otherwise, I'd be paid a lot more money and I'd be on the pitch rather than taking pictures of them. That's true. That's true. I bet you've got some cracking content over the, the last few weeks, though, and uh, memories to last a, a long time as well. Have you got a, a favourite moment? Because I presume it's coming to a close as well, your time at the 100. Yeah, we've got one more game tomorrow night down in Cardiff, which is where I'm at the minute, actually. I'm in my hotel room in Cardiff. Um there's been lots of there's lots of cool stuff. I mean, on both kind of the cricketing side and the more personal side. I mean, the video that we shot of just a 30 second clip of Jay Dernbach and Mohammed Amir teaching each other different slower ball techniques. That was just really cool, just to witness that and see how you know that's kind of the whole point of franchise cricket, isn't it? All these people come come together from across the globe and and you learn and get better from from each other. Um, and then yeah, I mean, part of the point part of the team and seeing them do lots of silly things in the team room, such as, you know, chipping into laundry baskets and stuff like that. That's also been the other end of the spectrum. So, yeah, things like that have, have definitely been what stood out. Just sounds very similar to some of the stuff that we get up to. Obviously, probably not trading slurble tricks. That's far too sophisticated. But uh, Yeah, well, the golf is certainly a, sim- a similarity. You know, yeah. every, every cricketer seems to also love golf. At That's... times, you think the golf is more important than the cricket. <laughs> uh, yeah, I often think that as well at times. Anyway... I'm sure it's been been so much fun over the last few weeks, but great to have you back anyway. Should we crack on with the quiz? Yeah, definitely. I can't believe I've missed two quizzes. That's heartbreaking. It's my favourite part I of the know, show. I know, I know. We even got into uh, to question five at one point while you were away, I think. No way, did you? Oh, my God, we did. I missed that. We did, and uh, you missed a rattle tree. Anyway, this week, it's the penultimate quarter-final as Needingworth take on Islam. Last week, Sauce and Abraham defeated Histon. Eaton Soken have already defeated Wisbeach. So the semi-final lineup is starting to take shape. As I said, Needingworth, Islam this week. And joining me from Needingworth is Scott Walton. And from Islam is uh, Tim Atchison as well. Thanks for coming on the show, gents. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks, Ollie. Good to hear you, Tim. How's the... Well, I'll ask you how the season's been going so far. How's the, the season been going since we last spoke? Have you uh, got many wins under your belt at all? 
Um, we're uh, yeah, we're undefeated when we've played, but we uh, we seem to have a great season not playing many games <laughs> due to either rained off early season and That's then uh, a few teams dropping out and then uh, and then and then some COVID cancellations recently. Yeah. Um, but every game we've played in the league, we've won. Excellent. There you go. Since you've come on the show undefeated and won league games, that's an advert for anyone to come on come on our show. <laughs> Scott, how are you doing yourself? Yeah, very good yourself. Yeah, not too bad, mate. How's the season been going for you? Uh, ups and downs, really. Like you said, you know, we're in the final again Sunday. The season hasn't sort of gone to plan as what we'd liked, but um, had a big game at the weekend against NCI, sort of big scoring game. Um, their opener got 140 not out, um, but we fell just short of 280, what they got. But um, yeah, we're. I think we sort of need one or two wins to sort of hopefully keep us up. But you know, we're fighting on really. Well, you'll be staying with us a bit later on to discuss the T20 Walker Cup final. So hopefully, for your sake, uh, you can get through the quiz and then you won't have to just hang around after having lost, which might be a bit of a pain for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, but we'll get cracking. I don't need to explain the format. I think you guys know it from last time anyway, but I'll explain it to the listeners just very briefly. So both Scott and Tim will be taking on each other in a best-of-five contest. Each question will have six possible answers. The player going first will, will take a guess. If they're right, brilliant, they get a point. If they don't, play them passes across to their opponent and so on until someone gets the right answer. To decide who is going first, you will each answer a separate question and the closest to that answer wins. Are you ready, guys, to, uh, to take on the toss, the first question? Yeah, ready to go. Let's go then. So, how many balls did it take KL Rahul to score his sixth Test match century against England at Lords on Thursday? Come on, Scott. We'll go with you first. What do you reckon? Uh, two hundred and forty-seven. Two four seven. Tim, what about you? Well, I was going to go two four nine, so I'll go two four nine. <laughs> oh, a little bit cheeky, but. Scott is correct. It's 212. So you're both a fair way off, but Scott is closer just. So, Scott, you take control of the game board. Ready for question one? Yeah. Jimmy Anderson took his 31st career Fifer in the second test between England and India. Which one of these players, though, has taken more in their career? Ravi Ashwin, Shane Warne, Dale Stain, Ian Botham... Glenn McGrath or Wazim Akram? Shane Warne. You're going with Shane Warne, the Aussie? Yeah. Is correct. First point on the board, easy peasy, 1-0 up. Second question is for you, Tim. You ready? I'm ready. Who scored the winning runs for the West Indies in their one-wicket test victory over Pakistan at Sabina Park on Sunday? Was it Jason Holder, Kemar Roach... Jaden Seals, Jermaine Blackwood, Roston Chiss, or Joshua De Silva? I've got a feeling it was Kemar Roach. To make it one all? Good start, lads. Very, very good start. Back over to you, Scott. Now, it's the Royal London One Day Cup semi-finals today, but who are the current holders of the One Day Cup? Who's the last team to win it? Was it Middlesex, Kent... Somerset, Warwickshire, Hampshire or Nottinghamshire, Scott? What do you reckon? Uh, Hampshire. you going with Hampshire? <coughs> Incorrect, I'm afraid. Throws over to Tim. What do you reckon, Tim? Middlesex. 
Again with Middlesex. <laughs> it all starting so well. Scott, a chance to lead 2-1. So who was left, sorry, Ollie? Kent is left, Somerset is left, Warwickshire is left and Nottinghamshire is left. Uh, go with Somerset. You're going with Somerset. And you get a point. 2-1 up. Question four, Tim, is for you. It's getting tense in the second last quarter final here. Which one of these six clubs did not make it through to the knockout stages of this year's Royal London One Day Cup? So six sides made it through. Which one of these did not make it through? Essex, Yorkshire, Glamorgan, Durham, Surrey or Leicestershire? Which one of those clubs didn't make it through to the knockout stages, Tim? Glamorgan. I'm afraid they did. That's incorrect. So Glamorgan did make it through. Scott, a chance for you to win the quarterfinal. Uh, Surrey, I think. I'm sure Surrey didn't get through. Surrey did, I'm afraid. Although they did lose to Durham today in the semi-final, but they made it through to the knockouts. Tim, another chance for you. Ooh, Yorkshire. Again with Yorkshire. Essex, Durham, Leicestershire, left, Scott. Another chance to win it. Go with Leicestershire. You're going with Leicestershire. It's correct. Well done, Scott. That means you have clinched your place in the semi-finals of the FTP Quiz Cup. Tim says, well played. Well played indeed. Scott, how do you feel? Absolutely thrilled. <laughs> Can hear it in your voice, Scott. <laughs> the, uh, the, the other side that made it through out of those six was Gloucestershire. So Gloucestershire made it through, Leicestershire didn't. So well done, Scott. You win 3-1. Tim, unlucky, mate. It's been a fantastic yeah. effort up till now. How do you feel? Um, well, obviously I'm gutted. <laughs> Tim, thanks for taking part. I really appreciate it over the, the past Pleasure. weeks. And all the best the rest of the season as well. Thank you very much. Good luck, Scott. Now, two sides have already made it through to the semis, Scott. Eaton Sokin and Sauston of Abraham. Next week, Longstanton take on City of Ely. Any of those you fancy? Uh, Longstanton, if they can get through. Do you fancy Longstanton? Why is that? Uh, I know a guy who I work with work, plays for them and another lad used to train them up. So, yeah. So, yeah. I see. What did you make of that, Nathan? Oh, that was, I was absolutely shocked. You know, you... The, the Somerset question got wrong. Surely any question that has Somerset in the answer that you've written, <laughs> the answer is going to be Somerset. I mean, any, any of everybody knows that by now. Well, I, I, I mean, maybe, but maybe you spot a pattern. Maybe you spotted a pattern. Anyway, Scott's through, one, three, one. I'm sort of happy, Scott, although I don't have any preferences to who goes through. It is quite nice that you're not going to be depressed for the rest of the show now. And when we chat to you later, hopefully mm. you'll have a smile on your face. Um. You can see the smile now, if I could, if you could see it. I can. If, I, if you only turned on your camera on Zoom, I'm sure I could see you smiling. <laughs> Scott, thanks very much for now. We'll chat to you later. So, Needingworth are through to the semi-finals of the FTP Quiz Cup. They join Eaton Soken and Sauce and Abraham Longstanton take on City of Ely next week. Cambridge 105 Radio From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio Welcome back from the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Ollie Slack and Nathan Johns with you until 7 o'clock 
this evening. We are also available to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts and on the Cambridge 105 radio website too if you missed any of tonight's show. Now moving on to this week's feature and Triplo are the only Cambridgeshire side in this season's Women's East Anglian Premier League and when we spoke to their captain Lara Neal last summer she stressed the need for more clubs across the county. Well, Upward are hoping to join them in next year's competition and I called up with Tom Milner to discuss how they're going to go about it. But first, unfortunately, we started with some rather troubling news. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. We had a break-in a few weeks ago. We recently had a new shed installed lots of equipment. We had a minor break-in where a couple of items were taken, but unfortunately last night they came back by the looks of it. I think it was the same people. Broke into the shed, took three of our mowers, and also broke in and smashed the door down into the pavilion and got into the bar and, and took some money as well. So really gutted at the moment that we're in this state. Um, unfortunately, we've yeah, lost quite a considerable amount of equipment, cost and usefulness that we're going to be using over the next few weeks and the rest of the season. So yeah, really good real bad news, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry to hear that, Tom. It's horrible news. And if anyone has heard or seen anything about the incident, then please don't hesitate to get in touch with us here at Cambridge 105 Radio. Let's talk about ladies' cricket, Tom. That's what you're on the show to chat about then. There aren't too many ladies' teams across Cambridgeshire, but Upward are keen to set up one themselves. Yeah, so we're focused on on the more so on the girls' side probably for the last five or six seasons we're really keen to to get all ages all abilities girls and boys playing cricket playing local cricket at the club and that's a real ethos of the club is just for inclusivity so really trying to focus on that area probably over the last few years we've noticed more and more girls playing cricket you know i've been associated with um hunts county cricket side and coached um for three years the age groups at um, on the girls side and it was really obvious that it is thriving in hunts is thriving that girls are playing more cricket and getting involved so naturally being in that pathway on the on the county side i really encouraged the club to go down that route you know we've got some really really talented girls playing at the club so naturally it seemed like the natural step that we would have that pathway within the club and the obvious thing was to set up a, a ladies' team within the club so the girls can see at six, seven, and eight years old, even at 12, 13 years old, that when they get to 16, 17, their cricket hasn't finished. You know, at, at the club, there is a pathway and they can still continue playing through through their adult careers. And I think it's a fantastic opportunity and hopefully it's one that the club has really recognised and really come on board with. So it's, it's exciting times for both myself, um, having a young girl playing at the club. Uh, my little girl is nine but also having a thriving community that can see that, you know, we are making cricket available for everyone. So, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, numbers-wise, are you pretty strong then in the department of, of girls' cricket at Upwood at the minute? Um, I would say under, unless if we split it into two areas, probably under 12s, under 11s, under 12s, we've probably got in the region of 10, probably 10 to 12 to 15 kind of age for, for girls, uh, probably from 12 onwards. I would say we're probably at the 20 mark. That's what we're trying to achieve. You know, and most of those players are county players. So we've got under 13s, under 15s county players through the Hunts Ladies players at the club. So really, really good standard at that older age group. And yeah, playing playing a good level of cricket. And where are you at with the, the ladies side of the minute? Is it set up ready to play matches week and week out? Are you, are you still looking to recruit where you are? My plan is to get a squad of 20. 
really for that for, for that East Anglia Premier League, which we're looking to enter next season. So we're looking for a squad of 20. I would say we're around about the 15 mark. So we are looking for an additional five players. We're probably on the younger side. So our bulk of players are probably between 13, 14 through to about 17. So ideally, we you know we need to recruit a little bit on the a bit more experience probably to the side just to help the younger the younger ones come through. They're they're, they're fantastic players at that younger age group. We've got one girl who plays for the Sunrisers. She's in the EPP of the Sunrisers. We've got you know 14, 15 year olds that are playing for the Hunts Ladies first team. So they are fantastic players. They just need probably a little bit more experience, a little help on the on the field, captain, you know, through that coaching side. And so yeah, we are we are looking to strengthen numbers definitely, and also strengthen with age. I'd say. What are your thoughts in terms of the the state of play across Cambridgeshire with regards to to ladies teams? Because there are seventy Sangling Premier League clubs. Only one of those are based in Cambridgeshire. That is Triplo. Obviously, if if you join that next year, that will be two as well I guess that means there's a, a great chance that, that girls around and ladies around the, the county will look at yourselves and think yeah I want to play there because it's a, a well-established competition well, in just the last year but also in the men's side of things as well but what, what are your thoughts on the sort of state of play across chemistry at the minute with the number of clubs? Well I think it's obviously it's important to, for us to you know establish ourselves as a, as a local ladies club I think that's the first thing we need to do. And naturally from that, there will be girls, I hope, that come attracted to the club and come and join us to boost our numbers really more than anything and make it sustainable going forward. However, you know, it's important that other clubs, you've got Autumn Park, for example, they've got a team that play um, in another local league. It's important that we have local teams. You can't, you know, for me, I don't want us to have, you know, 40, 50 ladies playing in a club and then there's no opposition apart from driving two hours away. So it's that balance, I think, Ollie, more than anything to get, yeah, we need we need to attract players, but obviously we need competition locally as well because, as I say, that we're going to have to travel. You know, there's undoubtedly, you know, joining the Premier League that we're going to have to travel and, and I think, yeah, that's accepted by all the players that play counties, so they all, they all travel to Suffolk, Norfolk, Lynx, etc., but I think hopefully the other clubs, I know Kim Bolton has started a, a, starting a ladies team. There are other clubs that are starting to look into it. And that's what, for ladies cricket to grow, for women's cricket to grow in the area, we do need more clubs. We do need more clubs investing time, not necessarily money, but investing time into that to, to help it grow. As I say, I'm heavily involved in the county setup, um, and numbers are starting to, to dwindle at the lower age groups. You know, before when I started with the under-11 girls, we had to turn players away because we had too many for trials. You know, then we looked at development teams. But last year, for example, they had to combine with Bedfordshire just to get an under-11 team out. And the under-15s combined with Bedfordshire. So it, it is a worry. It is a massive worry. But even though the, the sport is growing, ladies cricket is growing in the country for sure. But for some reason around here, I think there just needs to be more engagement with, with local schools, you know, with other clubs. Can we do some hubs? There's lots of, there's lots of thought processes out there. But hopefully, you know, people will see that we are really investing time. We are really trying to grow the sport, you know, for, for women in the area that other clubs will kind of do the similar thing. Well, I've already been approached by a few few of the parents, through the mums in the club, saying, oh, we'd be really interested to play probably not the level East Anglia Premier League, but they would like to play some recreational cricket and just get involved and start playing as well. So just from those initial discussions and, and some of the the social media we put out there, we're already starting to get more interested in, in women playing, which is which is brilliant. And and the need for clubs is just emphasised by by your last point, really, because if you are introducing new female players to the game, 
They don't want to be playing in a side, for example, like yourselves, in the East Anglian Premier League, where they're potentially travelling an hour, an hour and a half, maybe even sometimes two hours to a game. And then, because they're new to the sport, maybe not necessarily getting much of a game in terms of bowling or batting. And that then might mean they get a bit disinterested. Therefore, like you said, it emphasises the need for, for more clubs and therefore, hopefully, eventually, maybe a more local league. Definitely. I think that's our plan. And I know Triplo, when they when they first performed talking to them, I know it was a real struggle the first year. They had a very young side. Again, full of county talented county players. But within a season, I think two seasons, they'd already put together a second team that were competing at a more uh, a level applicable for them while their first team was competing in East Anglia Premier League. I think they struggled for the first season and a half, but then now they're flying. So it is just built, it's putting those building blocks in. And, you know, we're lucky just to have a real talented pool of players that we can potentially go into the Premier League. You know, it's going to be a struggle. I know that. Uh, we played Autumn Park a few weeks ago and we've got a friendly against Old Buckingham as well before the end of the season, just to see where we are competitive-wise. But, yeah, hopefully we put those building blocks in. We will attract new players into the club and, and just kind of just put it on the map, really, that there is cricket available there and and just see how things grow, really. Who leads this this push then, Tom? Because, as we said, girls play cricket at school, but there is a need for more clubs. They need to play on a weekend. They need to, once they finish their sort of school cricket, they need to then come back and play locally and play for their clubs. Where does this push come from? Is it from the county board? Is it from the, the leagues itself, some of the local leagues, like the Cams and Hunts, the, the CCA? Where does this push come from? Because I suppose it's a lot, of, a lot to ask the clubs to say, you sort out yourself, you set up a, a ladies' side when potentially they might not even have juniors for any for any gender, let alone a lot of juniors of the female gender. Yeah, well, I think I think initially it needs to come from the county hub. I think the county need to to recognise that you know there is a need. Obviously, well, there is a need. We know that, but they need to recognise where the deficiencies are. And I really think because there's not there's never going to be the numbers of boys playing. You know, I think you know, we've got to be realistic and say that there's not going to be quite the numbers. And I always think that hubs, we can have localised hubs are playing across the county. So who runs those? I don't know whether that's an external company, whether that's, you know, the club say, right, we'll put our hands up, for example, upward. And we say, right, we're going to have a ladies hub here. And any players, you know, that are affiliated to Warboys, Ramsey, those kind of clubs that are more than happy to come and play for us. Obviously, they'll play for the, for the mixed teams but they play for our ladies hub. Yeah, that's an opportunity. That's definitely a, a possibility. So I think you've got to be realistic and say if there's 200 women out there that want to play and, uh, and there's seven or eight clubs that want to get involved, then that's definitely a, a, definitely a way forward. But yeah, I think for us at first is just saying that this is what we're trying to achieve. This is what we're trying to do as a club. And hopefully we'll be successful at that and that will encourage other clubs to go, actually, let's, let's give it a go. It's something we've wanted to do. It's part of our, you know, our five-year plan. And, you know, I think when we first discussed it, we never really thought we'd be quite ready for East Anglia Premier League just yet, but we've had an influx of players. We've got some really good links into uh, to other local clubs uh, with some talented girls that are really interested in playing. And the opportunity's there, so we just kind of want to give it a go and see how it goes, and hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll come out well the other end. And lastly then, Tom, if there are people who are at clubs on committees listening, thinking, yeah, you know, let's give it a go then. What would your advice be? Um, good question. Good question. I think there's got to be the one in the club. I think for me, the chair, our chairman, he's very, Rob, he's very driven. His, his daughter plays very good standards. She's a good player. You know, I'm driven with the club. I want the club 
to move forward both the men's and, and on the women's side. So I'm very driven. So you need the right people in the club for a start, as you say. I think you said it earlier. If you know if there's not the people in the club that want to push that side along, then it's never really going to happen. I think if there's that initial drive, and, and obviously the numbers need to be there initially. If there's six or seven girls playing in the club, then see where that goes. Maybe put a girls' team over that or attract their friends. You know, you, when you get to 13, 14, not all girls want to play with the boys. So there's an opportunity there to see, actually, can we put a girls team in, get your friends together? And the big thing for us is working with the local schools. You know, you've got a chance to shine programs. You know, working with the local schools, is there is there girls there that want to play cricket, whether that be primary or secondary school, and get them involved? And then, you know, hopefully the numbers will grow from there. But that's what kind of what we've done. We've, we've got a good foundation that we've had probably for five or six years, probably a bit longer where we've always encouraged girls to, to get involved and play. And then we've been lucky enough, really, for it to grow from there. Yeah, it was a pleasure to chat to Tom Milner Upwood and also horrible news, as we said at the start of the interview, about the break-in uh, last night. And as we said, yeah, do get in touch with us on social media at FTP Cricket 105 if you know anything. Uh, it's Yeah, it's just, just terrible when that sort of thing happens, isn't it? We spend so much time at our clubs throughout the summer, so much effort... And uh, so much love goes into our own grounds, and for that to happen is yeah is is really really heart wrenching. So thoughts go out to to up, but it's such a shame, and uh, hopefully uh, they can bounce back from that. And by the sounds of things, they're doing a fantastic job with their lady setup for the next few years to come as well. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Welcome back to From the Pavilion. Now it's time for our local cricket recap, and we start as ever with the men's East Anglian Premier League. And thankfully, we have some cricket to tell you about. After last week's series of washouts, Sawston and Abram won comfortably at home to Bury St. Edmunds, chasing down a target of 107 for just the loss of one wicket after Ben Clilford's 5 for 22 played a crucial role in restricting Bury. James Vanderpeer top scored in the chase with an unbeaten half century. Elsewhere, Saffron Walden unfortunately lost away to Sudbury, failing to chase 186. After winning the toss and batting, the hosts looked to be in a spot of bother at 4 for 3, but they managed to scramble up to 185 all out, which proved to be enough for a 46-run margin of victory. Yeah, Cambridge were also unsuccessful as they were comfortably beaten at home by Copdock and Old Ipswichian, falling 171 runs short of the away side's total of 299 for six. Despite 58 from Dougie Rice, Burnett-Singh lost a relatively high-scoring affair at Exning Park. They would have felt in the game after setting 271 for six, thanks largely to Tony DeZorzi's magnificent innings of 124. But an even better chase from Swarston proved to be the difference as the visitors knocked the runs off with six wickets still left in the shed. In terms of the table then, Swarston Abraham's lead at the top remains as it was last week with Great Witchingham 11 points back in second. There are no changes either in terms of our other local sides. Cambridge, Saffron and Burnley-Exning as they were, 6th, 7th and 11th respectively. The only change of note is that bottom side Horsford are now actually level on points with Burwell and Exning. Next week, providing the rain holds off again, Burlexing travel to uh, take on Bury St Edmunds, sorry. Cambridge take on second place Great Witchingham at home Caldercott and uh, they can do their local rival Sawston Babram a favour who take on Mildenhall away from home while Saffron Walden also make the trip to ninth place Copdock and Old Ipswichian. Now time to move on to the Cams and Hunts Premier League and the big news of the weekend is definitely the fact that Eden Soken have now moved back ahead of Histon and therefore back to the top of the table after taking 25 points from an 88-run win over Cambridge Twos. Johnny Carpenter was the star of the show. He scored 160 not out as Eden Soken posted a 297-3 
And that was a total that proved to be insurmountable as Cambridge ended up on just 209 for eight. Carpenter also took three wickets there. So that was a hell of a good day for him. Elsewhere, Histon suffered their third loss in five weeks in a rerun of last season's COVID Cup final. As St. Ives Town and Warboys secured a much needed victory to keep their hopes of avoiding the drop alive. Histon were bowled out for just 114 with St. Ives Town and Warboys number nine and 11. Matt Milner and Kevin Gilder seeing them home. Ollie caught up with skipper Jack Haycock after the game to find out how were his nerves. They weren't great, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we probably played them at a good time. I think they were missing two or three players. So we probably got them at a good time on a bit of a tricky St. Ives pitch, which we've had problems with this year, but uh, we are working on that. But um, yeah, uh, young Seema, Matt Wells got into a good rhythm. and we, I think they were about 60 for two. We managed to bowl them out for 114. Matt got six for, which was a first five wickets haul at this level for him. So that was a nice moment. But yeah, we knew they'd come out fighting. They obviously win a lot of games, but um, through St. Ives fashion, we crawled over the line in the 48th over, nine wickets down. <laughs> so... We were out of it, then back in it, then out of it. It was one of those. It was it was a tough watch, yeah. And just in case your ticket hadn't been for enough on the Saturday, you had a, a two-wicket loss, but another nail-biter, it sounds, on the Sunday. Yeah, over at Stamford, one of the uh, rearranged games from earlier in the year. We only put up 170, which was what cost us, really, because we were about 140 for three. Uh, two of our lads got a 50s, and then a just crazy 10-over collapse. And... Um, yeah, they got their eight down in the end, another close one. It went down to like the 48th over again. But I think the majority of our games this season have been close and we've just come out on the wrong side just a little bit too often and we've only got ourselves to blame, really. But despite the result on Sunday, the win on Saturday has put you in a position where with two games to go against Ramsey, who are third bottom just outside the relegation places, and Cambridge, who are second bottom just inside the relegation places, it's very much in your hands still to avoid the drop. Yeah, it's funny how the fixtures have worked out like that. You know, I've been trying to keep the boys positive, and they have they have kept positive to be to be fair to them because we have known the, the way the fixtures have worked out that we're, we're playing Cambridge and Ramsey the last two weeks. So even though we have been bottom for a long time, we're still hoping we can leapfrog out as a very last hurdle. But there's no more uh, no more room for error really. I think we'll be getting our working out bonus points and stuff over the next couple of games, trying to work out the equations and the formulas, but. I think if we do win both games, then it is, we will be OK. How's it been as captain this year? Obviously, I guess there's no point talking about the contrast from last year to this year because that's obvious. But what's it been like for you as captain trying to, I guess, scrap around and, and trying to get the side into a position where they, they can get outside these, these relegation places? How stressful, how difficult has that been as captain this year? It has. Yeah, times it's been tough. The boys have been really good. You know, availability is still stayed pretty strong for our which has been really good I, I don't think we were complacent or anything we knew it was going to be a harder league but I, I would have loved just some mid-table mediocrity sort of thing looking back now but um, yeah I've learned a lot I'd say I was probably on my fourth season captaining only my second season at this level playing at this level myself so learned a lot I know as the season's gone on we have got better a lot of the young lads are putting in good performances now so we just really hope we can stay up and sort of keep together what we've got um, and hopefully bring it overseas and maybe recruit one or two and kick on to be a sort of mid-table team that would be perfect but obviously in the short term we've just got to make sure we do the business the next two Saturdays and as I say that'll still be that'll be seen as a success considering we've been pretty much in the bottom two most of the year 
Right, then there are three other games in that league to tell you about. First of all, Foxton bowled out St. Giles for 126 before knocking off the runs while five down in the 29th over Ratchet Rouse. Four for 21 was the standout performance in that one for Foxton. Wiswich took 30 points from a comfortable 106-1 victory over Ramsey after Danny Haynes' brilliant 104 helped set a commanding total of 318 for six. Gary Freer's four for 29 was the best spell of the second innings as Ramsey were bowled out for 212. And we definitely finished Div 1 with what was the game of the week, if not the season, as March and Stamford played out a thrilling tie. March batted first and were bowled out for 166 in 42 overs as the Stamford attack shared out the wickets between them. And in reply, Stamford were unbelievably bowled out for exactly the same score in the 46th over, with number 10, Bamshi Parvathaneni, unbeaten on 43 at the time, bowled by David Hasselgrave to end the game with the scores tied. Saranga Rajaguru also took four for 18 for March in that one. So all of that means the league table is at follows. We mentioned earlier that Eden Soken are back at the top, followed by Histon. Foxton and Wisbech round out the top four. Mid-table, fifth, sixth, seventh is St. Giles, March and Stamford respectively, while the bottom three are Ramsey, Cambridge and St. Ives. But I know that the points need adjusting on that league table, so things are likely to change down towards the bottom. Moving on now to Division 2, a new market have been leapfrogged by Old Lesians, who are now up to second after their easy 10-wicket win over Worsley. Bowling them out for just 51 as Izzy Routledge and Adam Newman both claimed forfers in that one for Old Lesians. Newmarket, for their part, suffered a third loss in as many weeks, falling by 83 runs to Saffron Walden's seconds. Both Mihir Chandraker and Joshua Down scored centuries for Walden. Down also claimed for four for 17, so not the worst day at the office for him. And then finally, in Division 3, Sauce and Abraham did not play, but still remain comfortable. 47's clear at the t- 47 points rather clear at the top. Burwell and Exning took 30 points in a 16-run win over AK11, while Eaton Soken were beaten by South Hill Park, who chased down their total of 114 with no wickets lost. Moving on to other matches now, and Cambridgeshire have been in action over the last few days, and well, it <laughs> fair to say they got walloped really by Staffordshire in the Eastern Division. One, this is back to Red Bull cricket now. They won the toss and elected to bat uh, on uh, on Sunday and were bowled up for 40 in 21.1 over. Staffordshire in reply scored 402 for six and declared of 71 overs. Cambridgeshire then bowled out for 87 in the second inning, so they lost by an innings in 275 runs. That leaves them bottom of the five-team group, the Eastern Division 1, but a win in their final match would see them move out of the solo relegation place above Lincolnshire. That's if they beat second place Norfolk at home, which is at Wisbeach, and that starts on Sunday. There was also a game in the Women's East Anglian Premier League 2. Triplo, our only Cambridgeshire side in the comp, as we discussed earlier on. They beat Copdock and Old Itswitchian by 159 runs on a Sunday. They won the toss, elected to bat, scoring 238 for five contributions from Izzy Routledge. There was 61. And uh, then they bowled Copdock and Old Itswitchian out for 79 with a fantastic spell of bowling from Isabella James with six wickets there just for 19 runs in 7.4 overs. That win lifts them up to first in the table, 139 points to their name, five wins from seven games. They've had one cancelled and one abandoned, so unbeaten so far. With just five games to go then, they sit top of the tree in the East Anglian Premier League. From the Pavilion, on Cambridge 105 Radio. Right, it's time to talk about the CCA Cup 
finals and this week we're going to preview the T20 Walker Cup final but first let's recap last week's lower junior cup finals day the four sides involved Little Shelford 2, Sourceland of Abraham 3s, Linton Village 2s and Cambridge NCI 3s and another weekend another cup final victory for Linton Village their second 11 secured the Lower Junior Cup title after defeating Sourceland of Abraham 3s by eight runs, defending 1-4-5 following in the footsteps of their first team, who claimed the Junior Cup the week before. It was a bit of a nervy day, though, for skipper Mike Lasky, who not only had his ticker tested in the final, but the semi-final proved the nail-biter too, as they defeated Cambridge NCI 3s by just four runs, despite posting 205 themselves. We have a really young bowling attack, so I think we've got five 17-year-olds in our team and they've been brilliant all season. Um, even in the 40-over game on Saturdays, we've not gone for over 200 runs, I don't think. And we decided to just forget how to bowl and forget how to field and uh, it was just horrendous is <laughs> the only way to put it. But we just bowled no ball and wide after wide and any bad ball seemed to go as well. <laughs> And I was, I was quite attacking to begin with as well. And then all of a sudden it was, yeah, all hands to the deck. Yeah, everyone, as far as I could, put, uh, went back out to the boundaries, etc. And uh, yeah, just couldn't seem to, seem to stop the stem of runs that were just flowing. <laughs> well, you managed to get over the line in, in that game in the end, as I said, by four runs. Well, if your nerves were all over the place for the semi-final, then for the final it must have been even worse because it was one of those low-scoring thrillers. You won the toss, elected to bat again, 145 for eight. Sourceland Babraham got within eight runs, so another tight one. Given how you'd bowled in the semi-final, were you confident at the halfway point of the final that you could defend 145? <laughs> tough one. Uh, it, I, I backed them if they bowled how they have done all season and if we fielded how we have done all season and... Uh, it was just one of those where if it came together, I fancied us. It was, it was just a matter of if nerves held. Um, and yeah, thankfully, uh, thankfully they did. Now, one of your bowlers as well, Andy Polly, he took a hat-trick in the match, but you didn't even realise. Yeah, so uh, in the third over, he took it, got his breakthrough wicket, uh, but it was the sixth ball of the third over. Uh, at the start of his fourth over, he took a wicket and everyone obviously goes absolutely mad, thinking, that, oh, actually, we've really brought this back in. And then, yeah, and then he takes a wicket again, the, a ball later. So, again, everyone goes mad. And, you know, when you're in the centre, they're like, are we putting a slip in? Are we coming in? And instantly it's like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, no intention, like, without realising it, obviously, that the ball, two balls previously had taken wickets. And uh, it was only the score at the end of the game um, that actually announced it. And we missed it entirely as a team. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. But he, uh, he hasn't let us forget. So that's good. I was going to say, I hope he had a chance to celebrate after, but it sounds like he did. And and just for the club as a whole as well, Mike, we spoke to Guy and you a week ago, in fact, after winning the Junior Cup final. He was buzzing, really, that he'd had a chance to win a trophy. He'd been in the side for a long while and had a few near misses. And just to help the club move forward, he was sounded like he was on up a couple of promotions maybe in the next few years. But this trophy this weekend as well, that's two in two weeks now, would only add to that ambition. It's just been a fantastic couple of weeks for the club. Yeah, it really has been. So... I think at the beginning of the year, so I took on the twos at the beginning of this year um, and decided that was basically the remit that we're going to actually bring a lot of the young kids who have talent, try and push them through because we need to start feeding the first team again. And yeah, we, we took that on and we were like, we'll definitely go for it this year. And 
the atmosphere has just been brilliant throughout the whole club. Like I think it was the other weekend, the twos and ones didn't have a game. So we moved the threes to Linton rather than playing at their uh, at our second ground at Colville. And we had everyone down there. I think there was about, you know, 30 odd like one and twos players there to support them. They didn't quite make it, but a few years ago, I don't think we'd have had that. And it's just, oh, it's just such a nice feeling to, you know, look around and you can see the kids coming through. You've got the elders there as well. And then you've got like the middlemen like myself who have been there from like a young age and are still hanging around trying to like pretend they're good. And yeah, it's just that the club's just come on leaps and bounds really. And it's, uh, it's been a, a really good Really good thing going on at Linton, and uh, yeah, we're certainly a, a team uh, on the up. Linton Village 2, skipper Mike Lusky there, so congrats to them and congrats to the club, really, winning two cup finals in two weeks. Fantastic stuff. This week, we're going to preview this Sunday's T20 Walker Cup final, which was rearranged to this weekend after being washed out on Sunday the 1st of August, right at the start of the month. It's between Histon 2s and Needingworth. And Scott Walton, who took part in the quiz earlier on, joins me now alongside Dan Sherlock who'll be playing in the match for Needingworth on Sunday thanks for coming on the show chaps I'm mate then yeah very well thank you Dan good to chat I haven't spoke to you in a while how's things how are you doing yeah not too bad mate uh, yeah I moved down to London a couple of years ago so uh, yeah I haven't been around but yeah back around for this summer so uh, yeah no good to be back and uh, good to hear from you mate yeah yeah good to hear from you too and, and nasty back as well in a, in a winning side that's playing in a cup final this weekend yeah, it should be good. I mean, I've uh, yeah, I've been in and out of the team really, uh, but yeah, no, really good game a couple of weeks ago, and um, yeah, a bit frustrating that the original game got rained off. But I mean, it's uh, it's good to have something to look forward to on Sunday. What about going into the game? Let's go. Let's give this one to you, Scott. How what's the feeling like in the camp? Is it confident? Is it you know take things as they come? What's the general mood? Uh, I think we'll be pretty positive. You know, like you said, like we've we've done pretty well in 2020 games over sort of the last four or five years anyways. Obviously, Dan was captain, you know, when we won the Walker Cup a couple of years ago. So, um, we'll go in, you know, fancying ourselves. But, you know, like you said, Histon are, have been unbeaten, you know, majority of the season. So, they're going to be a tough, a tough opposition to beat. So, we'll just have to be on our game as we did in the semi-final against Will Burton. Hopefully, Sherlock's form continues because he got a crack in 50 in the fight in the semi-final so you know hopefully we'll get the job done talk us through your route to the final then scott beat ramsey in round two followed that up with a win over linton village in the quarterfinals and then you said a victory over will burton on the first of august has been relatively comfortable so far there's been a few nervy moments uh, the the will burton game was was very uh very very close you know went down to the last ball, um, I think needing six, I think. I wasn't. I can't remember what it was, seven, but I think we'd had the game done. But um, the Ramsey game was very close as well. Um, and then the Linton game, we sort of comfortably got over quite comfortable in that one. But yeah, Wilburton was the toughest opposition we've had so far. Dan, this one to you. Looking at your league form, it's been a bit patchy. I think Scott mentioned to me earlier in a little bit of a relegation scrap. You're seventh out of nine in senior one. But... I feel like I'm repeating myself every single week. Another team who have found real consistency and joy from playing in a cup competition and not having to worry about the strain, strains and stresses of, of the league. Yeah, I think it was very similar to when we went to the final a couple of years ago. Um, we were sort of scratching around the league from time to time. I think um, I think it's been difficult this year. I mean, you know, everyone's, you know, COVID, etc., has had an impact on 
teams and games. I feel like we've been on and off for rain quite a lot and it's just been a bit difficult. I think the, the T20 Cup's just a nice distraction and people could just turn up on a Sunday and, you know, you just enjoy it really. And that's, I think that's all we've done really. And, um, yeah, just trying to make the most of it. And to be honest, I think we'd like to play a bit more T20 cricket rather than uh, these longer overs on a Saturday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I think everyone's just looking forward to it. Carl, I believe that you were around in 2018 when the side, when the club won this competition. And um, what are your memories like from from that time three years ago now? Um, well, for me, um, it was a bit of a, a funny one because it was my wife's 21st birthday at the time, so she wasn't best pleased that I was playing. But um, <laughs> it was it was it was a like it was a fantastic day. Like um, you know, George Smith, you know, saw us through. Um, which has been a great pair for the club for the last, you know, three, four years. Um, and it was just a fantastic day. Like the whole, you know, the whole day was brilliant. You know, like you said, we won the semi-final first, went for some lunch and sort of took our heads away from the cricket and um, just had a, a, a sit down and a chat. And um, like you said, we won the game and the rest of the lads went and got drunk. But unfortunately, I had to go home and celebrate my wife's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you had to celebrate. I'm sure that was a bit of a slip with the tongue there. But in terms of the squads, though, how does that one compare to stack up to what you guys will be putting out there on this weekend? Do you think? Um, I don't know the full what our squad selection is because I'm not part of the committee. But unfortunately, I can't play because I'm on holiday this week. So um, oh, no. But the team we played back then, I don't think there's many pod probably that wasn't playing in the semi final. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we've got a strong side for Sunday. Um, obviously, I'm sure Sherlock's playing. So, hopefully, uh, he'll score 150 and see, see us through. So, you're going somewhere nice on holiday, at least? Uh, just to uh, Lake District, like sort of oh, just lovely. a hot tub, just in the, yeah. So, yeah. So, no pressure down. Scott's asked you to score some runs. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't help in the semi final. And, um, Seem to lose a fairly uh, fair number of early wickets, but um, yeah, I mean it's a nice ground to be fair um, at Burwell. It's always a good pitch, and uh, I think I'd much rather be a batsman with those uh, <laughs> shortest straight boundaries than the bowler, to be honest. So um, yeah, that's fine. I'm uh, I'm happy to take that on. Just lastly, before we come on to Scott's big question, Histon second in senior two, so they lead below you, but only lost once all season. You'd imagine they'd probably be playing alongside you next season so it's going to be a, a really competitive tie yeah I think so I mean we you know that second semi-final was absolutely bucketing down so a few of us stayed but I mean they um, they look really good in that semi-final I think it, you know it, they've obviously won a lot of games this year it helps so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday and yeah hopefully see them next year anyway Scott we've got about five minutes do you want to tell us this week's big question um, yeah, so I had a, had a thought and um, obviously with COVID affected, a lot of games has been cancelled across the region this year. Um, do you think, in your guys' opinion, should the leagues sort of just stay the same for next year or do you think teams should be promoted and relegated? Because obviously a lot of games has been cancelled that's potentially could stop teams from going up and, you know, going down. Dan, what do you think? I don't know if Scott's trying to protect us from doing that, is he? But I think to us, <laughs> it's a bit different from... It's not quite the same as last year. I think there's been enough cricket to uh, to have been played. And I think um, it, does add a, it does add a bit to the last few games of the season. Uh, and we might pull out a couple of results ourselves. So uh, I think there's been enough games. And uh, I think it's nice to play other teams. I think it's only fair on those teams that have done well that they sort of get to enjoy some of that success. So uh, and I'm all for promotion and relegation. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, although it is only local cricket and village cricket, a lot of people put a lot of effort into this season and you only have to listen to what Jack Haycock was early in terms of the, the mental strains and stresses of being a captain. It, you sort of need to get what you deserve in the end. Scott, I, I suppose the options are, if they did finish the season, points per game or just taking the league tables as they are when the last game, they have a sort of cut-off point, say end of August, irrespective of how many games teams have played. Are they the couple of options you'd have in mind? Yeah, the points per game sounds right. But like I said, we've got we've now got an extra game, which Abington, we're playing Abington, who are in a relegation fight with us, um, which we're playing the week after the season ends now because um, it was cancelled due to COVID. So we'll be playing that, which could be the, you know, the decider for both teams. So hopefully... Uh, yeah, we get we get free. Nathan, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it was funny that Dan said that because I was going to say your thoughts probably depend on where you are. If you're <laughs> if you're about to get promoted, you probably you're screaming at the radio saying no. Whereas if you're about to be relegated, then maybe I don't know. I think it sounds like everyone most people seem to think that you know the cricket's been fair enough this summer, at least in comparison to last. So I think it, you know I tend to stick with the consensus on this one. Yeah, just just looking at the division uh, that I play in, Bunny Twos down in in Three North. Just from a personal point of view, you know, there's sides in there that are going to complete the season and are going to finish in the top two. And I would be livid if you played a whole season and uh, and you know you don't you don't go up because as I said, you put a lot of effort effort into it. I guess the the argument is there'll be some clubs who who've just for no fault of their own haven't been able to fulfil the fixtures. There might be teams who've say who play sixteen to eighteen games or sixteen or eighteen games and only been able to play twelve or fourteen. Is that fair for them to be to be relegated, Scott, when they haven't haven't had the chance to fulfil their fixtures? Well this this was obviously my sort of opinion on it, but obviously it's that's down to the sort of the leagues to decide because I know Chatteris have had a few games cancelled as well due to COVID and they're sort of down there with us as well. And if they don't get to fill their fixtures, you know, um, could that cost them a place in, you know, senior one next year? You know, that that was just what my sort of view on it was, really. I guess it comes back to the point that there feels like this season there has been enough cricket played, whereas last year, you know, it was only what, I think we didn't have a season and then had to play just five or six games and that was generally just to just to keep people happy, just to play some cricket and try and keep people in the game. This year it's been a, a full competition from, from May right through to well where we are now in August. Yeah, get off well. the fence, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think Scott's in on the fence. I think we know what Scott wants with uh, we're needing with our in, in the division at the minute. Um down for you though I guess like I said there's teams who are sitting there haven't fulfilled fixtures is there any way that these games could carry on in September I know the issue is often with football and pitches potentially being clashed whether you play football or cricket but the weather's always lovely in September it always seems mad that you finish the season in August and it's it's sunny for the next two weeks in September yeah I mean I know exactly well we have the exact same problem that I think a lot of other clubs do that you know football starts in September and then trying to get hold of a ground is difficult I, you know I don't know whether you could have um had something in place earlier in the season I don't know that you know you could have played on a couple of Sundays I know other teams have probably done that already but I think it isn't it's it's a shame that um we do tend to miss out on you know some of the best couple of weeks of weather towards the um towards the middle of September but yeah I just think it's it's one of those things I think um yeah, enough enough cricket's been taken place this year, and I don't, I don't know. The weather seems to have affected it almost as much as mm, as COVID has, and um, I, we definitely can't like legislate for that. So um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things you just have to uh, take it on the chin. I think. 
Yeah, yeah, Scott. How's uh, just quickly? How's availability been at Needing with this year? Okay, pretty good. I know a, a number of sides speaking to her the last weeks have been struggling a little bit. Uh, I think availability's been okay. We've had a few weeks where we've had, um, you know, quite a few players missing, and we've had to sort of, um, you know, get great help from the twos to to step up to the ones and, and help out, you know, the ones. Um, but I think it's been okay. I'm sure Dan will agree. Selection's been okay. Um, availability's been all right. Just that, you know, you get the odd couple of weeks, don't you? Where all clubs, I think, struggle. But as a as a club, I think we've been all right. Yeah, I think you yeah, always have. I to... You might dig me out there for missing a few. <laughs> from the squad, so thanks for that. <laughs> it just turns up for the big games, the finals. You see? Yeah, yeah exactly. Only when there's a medal up for grabs. <laughs> <I'm interested. laughs> we'll find out whether he's a big game player on Sunday, though. Dan Scott, thanks very much for for coming. I really appreciate your time this evening. Cheers, mate. Take Cheers, care. Nathan, thanks for coming on, mate. Enjoy being back. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Good. Fantastic. Feels like Tuesday evenings are right again. Oh, good to hear. And it'll be good to have you to, uh, well, I was going to say, have you finished the tournament? But of course, you'd quite like to go on, I'm sure. But it'd be great to have you back for the rest of the season, which you will be. Thanks very much for your time this evening, mate. That's pretty much all we've got time for. Yeah, so we are out of time on this week's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks also if you've been listening on the podcast, either on Apple, Spotify or the Cambridge 105 radio website. Always much appreciated. If you could share even better at FTP Cricket 105, both on Twitter and Facebook, myself and Nathan will be back next week. Same time, Tuesday at six o'clock here on Cambridge 105 radio. Until then, thanks for listening and stay safe and well too. Bye-bye. Cambridge 105